everyone. This is Liz Easton, and I wanted to take a quick second to invite you to listen in to the PC Book Club. <laughs> Wait, I need to start again. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Liz Easton, and I wanted to take a quick second to invite you to listen to the PC Book Club, a.k.a. PCBC. Every so often, Ricardo Avila and I chat about the books that you should be reading right now. It's just like sitting on your own private book club discussion, only there's probably slightly more references to true crime and Charles Dickens. <laughs> I did not write this. <laughs> um, we may have to re-record that anyway, because I think you just said it's just like sitting on your own <laughs> private book club. She did. That was great. Sitting on a book club. Sitting on a private book club. That's pretty racy. Sorry. Should I try again? It's just like sitting in on your own private book club discussion, only there's probably slightly more references to true crime and Charles Dickens. So if you're looking for the class with an occasional dose of the sass, then check out the PC Book Club right here on the Popping Collars feed. Class and sass. Love it. <laughs> I was praying. You know, sometimes there's those moments in life where you're just self-sabotaging. I have a ton of these moments. It's it's actually, it's the reason why I'm not a priest. Um, I'm constantly saying stupid things to dudes in purple shirts. Turns out those guys, and it's always been guys in my experience, they just don't like that. When I was a teenager, my real punk rock move in life was to say that I would never listen to country music. That wasn't a decision made in a vacuum. I grew up in rural North Carolina. Country music radio stations were like the default option on the FM dial. There would be one classic rock station, 92.3, one alternative rock station, 94.5, one hip-hop and R&B station, 102.1, and a bajillion country stations. And this was the early 90s country music scene. So we're talking about the Garth Brooks era. And for those who didn't live it, everything that made Nirvana a global phenomenon in 1991 or made Bad Boy and Death Row records on the hip-hop scene in the mid-90s, quintuple all of that, and you'll maybe start scratching the surface of the impact that Garth Brooks was having on the country music scene. This was a man who was so famous at the time that he won a Best Performer Award at one of the weekly country music award shows in a year that he didn't even release an album. Unbelievable. So what was the thing that could set me apart? Where was the place that I could plant my flag to stand out from the masses? It was to take the extreme stance of saying no 
to all country music. No country radio would be played in my car. No country CDs would sully my collection. No country fans with their silly Stetson hats and their way too tight Wranglers and their dumb cowboy boots would ever convince me that there was any value in this backwards genre. My high school girlfriend was always bemused by this nonsensical position. Mm. Okay, so uh, just a quick confession before we proceed. I was a bad boyfriend. I freely admit this. I was way too selfish with all of my partners growing up, way too self-involved and egotistical. All the things that made me a jerk to bishops over the course of my professional life were the traits that I leaned on in personal relationships through young adulthood. Self-sabotaging, you see. Anyway, I say she was bemused. She was probably just straight up annoyed at me during our year and a half of country-free teen escapades. One Saturday night, we were hanging out in her living room, eating snacks, gossiping about classmates, and flipping through TV channels when she stopped on Austin City Limits. What the hell? Are you kidding me? Don't you know who I am? Don't you know that the world revolves around my particular taste? Don't you know that 120 minutes on MTV2 is perfectly acceptable? And that Austin City Limits is trash garbage that shouldn't be allowed to air? The total affront. Is it too much to ask? I want a comfortable bed that won't hurt my back. Let me insert a quick side note here. The fact that this young woman was able to tolerate an overgrown child like I was at the time is a testament to the human capacity for incredible patience. Now that I have the benefit of big girl dad energy, I pray, I pray that my daughters would immediately break up with anyone who was like this. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program. So there we were, watching Austin City Limits, and the guest on this particular episode was Mary Chapin Carpenter. I was aware of Mary Chapin Carpenter. I was aware that she had a lot of fans, but I was also aware that she had some detractors in the classic country world as well. Something about having too much of a pop aesthetic or having some forward-sounding lyrics here or there. Probably, honestly, because she's a woman and the country music establishment is notoriously horrible to female artists. But there she was, Mary Chapin Carpenter, launching into her hit song, I Feel Lucky. And something happened inside of me in that moment with gallons of anti-country music vitriol flowing through my veins. I realized that some music, some songs, some artists are undeniable. Shouldn't I? Just flat out undeniably good. And that's what she was in that moment with that song. Flat out undeniably good. We watched the entire concert, sat through all the commercial breaks, relished what was coming next. It was mesmerizing. And when I think about Austin City Limits now and all of the amazing episodes of that show that I've seen over the years, this particular one is still the first one 
that pops into my memory. And Passionate Kisses is the first song that I start humming to myself. I feel lucky it was the first song that we saw on that show, but Passionate Kisses was the best song in the set. It's still amazingly beautiful. Originally written by the uber-talented Lucinda Williams, Passionate Kisses still holds up. It's just an all-around banger of a song. Rolling Stones recently listed it in their top 500 songs of all time list. It's got at its heart this incredibly romantic desire to have basic comfort and the occasional off-the-charts moment with the person you love most in life. The older I get, the more the lyrics to this song become truer each day. Is it too much to demand I want a full house and a rock and roll band? So I've been kind of hard on my teenage self. He was an idiot, but he's still me. I'm still an idiot about things. So at least there's some consistency there, I guess. Listen, evolution is necessary in life. If you can't look back at the dumb things you've done and realize that you have miles to go for personal growth and improvement, then you're just truly lost. We make so many mistakes in our lives, and we have so many things to work on about ourselves, and we usually have a lot of things that we need to forgive ourselves about. But one thing that I always try to get across to the future generations that I'm raising in my household and work with in my ministry is not to make things harder for yourself by putting up walls and barriers. There are so many things in the world that we can learn from if we just keep our minds open to what they can teach us. When we close off various options for wisdom and engagement because we think we know better or we need to reinforce our own particular worldview, we not only limit what we can potentially be, but we're worse people as a result. We're lesser than we can be because we don't leave space for the undeniable. Too high, want too much. Am I going overboard to want that touch? I shout it out to the night. Give me what I deserve, cause it's my right. Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have this? Shouldn't I have all of this? And passionate kisses, passionate kisses. Passionate kisses always reminds me that balance is the key to a functional religious life. The work of church will kill you. The gripping to your own personal piety will kill you. The obsession over the little things will kill you. Life, life, as we experience it in the Episcopal Church anyway, comes through our communal relationship with Jesus. That's the balance part. Life is more than just comfortable beds and pens that won't run out of ink, but those things are important. And life is more than 24-7 ecstasy, but joy and bliss are important as well. The church is more than candles and prayer books and streaming video and correcting people about when Christmas begins. We balance these things with the passion that lies at the heart of our call. And if you cut off a way to get to that passion, 
you're going to miss out on a bajillion undeniable possibilities. That girl broke up with me later that year, by the way. Good for her. I, in turn, started listening to more country music after we split up, so good for me, I guess. I know I became a better person. I'm sure she did as well. Although, even when we have the ability to take one step forward, there's always potential to take two steps back. I won't lie. That's definitely been true for me. So it's always nice to have a reminder to keep an open mind, stay grounded, reach for your dreams, definitely, and, you know, maybe ease up on the self-sabotage every now and then. 